दिलों में तुम अपनी बेताबिया लेके चल रहे हो तू जिंदा हो नजर में खाबों की बिजलियां लेके चल रहे हो तू जिंदा हो हवा के झोंकों के जैसे आजाद रहना चाहिए तुम एक दरिया के जैसे लहरों में बहना चाहिए हर एक लम्हे से तुम मिलो खोले अपनी बाहें हर एक पल एक नया समाज जो अपनी आंखों में हैरानियां लेकर चल रहे दिलों में तुम अपनी बेताबिया लेकर चल रहे गुड मॉर्निंग गुड इवनिंग गुड आफ्टरनून वेर एवर यू आर और आपको एक नमस्कार Thank you so much for joining us today in the second episode of Leadership Insights with me, Prashant. I would like to start by saying thank you, thank you to each and every one of you for the amazing response that the first episode got. Thank you so much for giving me the support that is required for me to start this initiative. Because last time I shared with you that this show is my dream. There is a mission that I am on of bringing awareness of leadership, which is much required. Those insights of leadership, those small little things that get ignored, is why I created this show. It's a platform. It's a vehicle for me to bring people who are amazing at it, who had some amazing experiences in their life, who can bring in the real, authentic experiences forward, who can bring in those insights through their life story, through their journeys that can add value to us. So, if you are somebody who is an aspiring leader. or if you're somebody who's at a first level middle level or a senior management position this show will add value to you i have a request for every one of you that the way to engage and make this show more valuable for everybody who is here and for everyone who will watch it in recording later is to please add your value your comments your perspective to the show you can do that by using the comment section please put your comments there please put your questions there we will try to address them in today's conversation if not we will get back to them and we will come back to you and there is so much that we can gain from it so that's a promise that's a commitment that i request you to give so now having said that it's time that we move inside and dive into the second episode of leadership insights with prashant so it's time for us to talk to the amazing guest who we have here with us today now this is a person who has 24 years of experience in the corporate world and she has worked with established reputed corporations and provided transformative people leadership across levels now this is the lady whose powerhouse of energy she is abundance of positivity and now when we talk to her you will realize that she is authentic she is straightforward and she is honest in her conversations as well now she has handled all aspects of hr including ir recruitment lnd compensation benefit policies whatever you can think of in the hr domain she has done that in the last few years and she specializes in mergers and acquisition be it domestic or be it international now all of this is not just in one organization or just one domain or one industry the best part is she has experience around domains around different industries be it ites travel healthcare manufacturing or telecom she has been there now this brings in a diversity of perspective to her and in her experiences that she is going to share with us so without further ado let's call the lady who is going to add amazing value to our show today so with a very very warm emotions in my heart let's welcome devi devjani roy with us hi devi hi and very good morning uh, prashant and like you i'll say good afternoon good evening good night wherever you are in the world <laughs> it's really fantastic to be on your show thank you for having me here 
thank you so much for agreeing to be on this show you know i want to be very honest and tell you how i feel uh, right from the first show which i did with gauri and now with you you know you guys have been so kind in appreciating and supporting me in something new that i'm creating i'm not somebody who's been doing it for a long time you guys are masters in what you do so thank you so much for this support by saying yes to being here it means a lot to me so thanks a lot to you david thank you so much hey don't, hey don't say that this is the minimum that we can do we're here because we love you we admire you. the kind of work that you're doing we want more people like you to be empowered enough to take you know something like this chat show to a different level we want you to create you know a thought leadership we want to create thought leadership through these kind of capsules and when you have people like gauri and i'm sure you're going to have many more such illustrious leaders on your show then you're bound to get there so i think this is the minimum that one can do to be part of the of the show i'm here because i love to be here not because of any favor or any any gratitude uh, or anything that i owe anybody anything Uh, so thank you again once again it's great to be with you with a smiling bubbly effervescent <laughs> person like prashant handu thank you thank you so much you you made my day you know we can just close the show thank you guys i think that's all for today <laughs> <laughs> ah, it's it's free independence right. man there's something in the air yes yes there is something in the air i feel very free so you yeah. know i think i think that's a good feeling to have yeah so coming to the show you know it's called leadership insights with uh, prashant so the first question that i always ask you know and i i i get to hear the perspective of the guest on leadership is what i try to do and try to find out in the first question so you know we all have experiences in our life and as humans you know as it is said uh, through a lot of researches of psychology that you know our experiences start forming some layers in our subconscious from a very young age right knowingly unknowingly we start picking up things now in these experiences that you have of so many years debi personally and professionally you would have also picked up a lot of things now when it comes to leadership in particular that we are talking about our mind has a way of giving meaning to everything right everybody has a very unique meaning to everything that is only you know personal to them and they feel about it they connect to that meaning so when i talk leadership or when i say this term leadership if you just think back as a person as devjani roy what does leadership mean to you Ah, you know, uh, first and foremost, leadership is being one amongst equals. Okay, I truly believe in that. It's a very small proverb. It says being one amongst equals, meaning that if you are really truly a leader, it comes to you by virtue of the of the accolades, the respect, the reverence, and the kind of uh you know the kind of feelings that people have around you it's not something that you claim to be yours as a matter of right very often i also find another paradigm of the same saying which is being first among equals you know this is what our presidents and prime ministers and at at one point of time the royalty also used to follow and here thereafter the legacy has continued and you have the first lady okay by definition you have a first lady now i i refuse to admit that you know somebody can be a first lady by definition i refuse to admit that somebody can climb on an air force one just by virtue of being the president of a country you have to earn it 
your credibility has to be established first amongst people with whom you are working. It has to start from the grassroots. It has to be something where you dirty your hands. It's not something which is armchair. It can never be armchair where you're always maintaining at a distance with the real people on the ground level. So these are the essentials, which I think is what true leadership is all about. For it to be authentic and genuine, you've got to be with the masses. You've got to be with them to listen to what they're saying. Your listening has to be uppermost more than what you talk because the talking part comes later. And it's only when you listen well can you actually give vision to somebody else's dreams through the kind of vision that you create for them. So that's true leadership. And that has to be one amongst equal. That has to be you start humble and people take you to that position of leadership by virtue of what they see in you demonstrated in actions and heard from you. And that's when true leadership really emerges. Wow. Wow. That's, that's, that's great. You know, what, what I hear you saying uh, is definitely insightful. And one thing that got stuck with me, you know, and I'm not able to take it out of my mind is you said something right in the beginning. You said leadership is how people feel around you when they are around you. You know, can you talk a little more about that? that that's very deep. Yes. Yes. Because, see, leadership is a much done to death concept. Okay. But it's very, very simple to exercise and to actually be with it if you simplify it and break it down to little pieces. What is leadership? It starts very early in your childhood. It starts when even amongst your peer groups, your cousins, your sisters, your siblings at home, you suddenly choose to take the leadership role or you say, oh, it's hide and seek. I'm going to be the first den. You know, when somebody puts that little pink figure up and says, I'm going to be the den, there is that little, little finishing line, that last mile kind of a tenacity that that person brings to the table, which is the first mark of the fact that this person thinks a little differently. This person can go that extra mile. He wants to take the risk more, more importantly. Then you grow up in life. You suddenly assume responsibilities. Now, there are people who shirk responsibilities. There are people who who demand rights who in a family you'll find there are people who think that you're being born into you know the, the position that they are in they are liable to get what they are getting in life but mm. is that true is it not there consider yourself how fortunate you are when compared to so many of the disadvantaged millions who are nowhere close to where you are now if you were to be in a race with them would it have been so easy for you to just command it as a right no so possibly it's important even as a leader to sometimes take a step back, pause and think about what you have in hand at the cost of what you could have been, you know, when you mm. when you compare yourself with so many others. This is all feeling. This is all emotional. It's not something which is in action all the time. You don't have to be a super busybody. You don't have to, you know, exude different uh, you know, competencies to show every time that, you know, you are a leader. Leadership comes from the depth of your feelings. Leadership comes from the smile which should reach your eye when you are in the midst of people. Only when people laugh with you, make the gargling sound and not just, you know, quip and give a, give a slide, slide smile at the side of a table. And when the eyes light up, when they see you approach them, that's the feeling which is of true leadership. Now, that is something which is difficult to earn. It's very, very difficult because unfortunately, most of the times leaders 
you know, they, they just get into the spot because of having been in the right time and the right place. You know, mm. most often they're not, they're nominated or they're mm. chosen, you know, by virtue of a certain process. But it is, it may not be a people movement, but the true leader is one which emerges out of people's emotions, people's demand, people's reverence towards you, which who wants to see you at the helm of affairs because they truly believe that you will provide them with value, okay, at the same time creating that ambience of camaraderie, creating that ambience of participation, creating that ambience of empathy so that at every stage you will take them along with you just like everybody else. So. That, I think, is something where the touch, feel and emotional part of leadership is so very critical. You may mm. be the best leader in action. Okay, mm. You may have your face splurged across 10,000 magazines. You may be giving the right sound bites. You may be doing all the right things that a leader is expected to do. But as long as you are not a good man manager and you don't have the, the following that you need to have of people who will stand by you and support you at every juncture and say we are with you when the going gets tough, you are not a true leader. So what I hear you say, uh, Debbie, in this conversation is that leadership, as much as there is a positional leadership that is handed over to uh, people, which has its own place, it's very important and vital for everybody who's even aspiring to be a leader or an existing one to understand what is the impact they have on the people. When they enter a room, what happens? When they're around people, what kind of an energy do they create? Do they bring out the best in the people or do they bring out the worst in the people? When they enter a room, is there silence where the conversation changes or does the conversation continue? So it's it's very important to have that awareness of what impact you have on people. Yes. And once we are aware of the impact that we have on people is when we can influence them, when yes. we can actually bring them along to the vision that we have for our team or the organization is when they will walk with us because they connect with us as people first. Right. And by and, doing and they, and they connect you and they connect with you at a subconscious level. They're not connecting with you at a surface. Positional leadership is a game which is played on the surface, mostly. But um, uh, an emotional uh, you know, leadership is a game which is for keeps. It is something on the basis of which a leader can extend that position of being at the helm of affairs for many, many years because he would have, you know, he doesn't give up by just having one achievement. He doesn't give up by just, you know, doing the, the doing the things which by jargon, by definition, you know, is supposed to be meant for a leader to practice. He does it by instinct. He does it by the gut. He does it by the sixth sense. He brings spontaneity and impulsiveness to the kind of leadership quality that he you know, demonstrates. And all that touches people at a certain level. So it's, it's, it's a subconscious. It's not something which is skimming the surface. Very, very well said. You know, and I think similar fam feeling happens in a family, right? Where uh, or with your friends where you don't have to say things. Things just happen. Yes. You know, when we were having the conversation earlier before we started the show, you spoke about silence, you know, that was so beautiful where you said, you know, two people are subconsciously connected when they don't even have to speak. Even if they are sitting in silence, communication is happening. The conversation is still on. You just can't see it. You can't hear it. Right. But it's still happening. Now, that's that's an amazing thought, uh, Debbie, that you brought forward. Now, this brings me to the next thought that's running in my mind. You know, when I talk about leadership to anybody or when we read about leadership, conversations that happen about leadership, they mostly happen around these elements which are generic in nature, which means they're very important, they're very vital. 
and they build the foundational block for every leader or every level of leadership now if you are a first time leader middle level manager cxo ceo or if you are an entrepreneur running your own business at every level these are the foundational elements if these are missing you're setting yourself up for failure or you're setting your people up for failure right now as much as these foundational elements are important and we shall talk about it let's move on to understand more specifics you know because your journey of 24 plus years is what attracted me the most i see there is expertise not in just one domain there is expertise in multiple domains and it's not just domains there is expertise in multiple roles and level of leadership in yeah. multiple industries and sectors now yeah. this tells me here is a person who has not taken a very linear path He, this person has gone zigzag this person has gone around and has reached where this person is right now so that tells me that there are a lot of stories that tells me there is a lot that you would have gone through personally and professionally to be where you are so my promise to the audience in our post for the show was that we will get into specifics to understand the challenges of leadership at a first time leadership level at a middle level leadership level and at a senior leadership level and how to overcome those challenges so my request to you uh, devi is that if you could just maybe you know maybe you need few seconds if you can just go back you know i i would want to take you back the memory lane go back years and years and think about that moment when you were chosen or you were given this responsibility of being a leader how was that whole experience and if you can take us from being a first time leader to where you are today and share some quick tips of your journey you know which can help our audience to become leaders or grow as leaders over to you that's a fascinating uh, question you know it's almost like my journey of 25 plus years um yeah. being uh, you know put into a capsule so yeah. <laughs> so um, you know as you were narrating the question there are different visions and there were different memories and there were different pictures which were you know i went into a flashback so there were you know my initial days of leadership i don't even want to call it leadership i i think the initial days of carving out a niche for myself as a professional okay i would actually wear overalls which were not required for me to wear because i was a management trainee i started my career as a management trainee in a 30000 population factory okay in a state like orissa okay and uh, it was a tough business smelting of aluminium okay and extracting bauxite from bauxite mines both very tough journeys and uh, i didn't need to wear overalls but then how do you establish your camaraderie and your oneness with people or with whom you are going to be actually doing your work because as i said leadership can never be armchair you know the moment you are behind a desk and you're trying to prescribe you're better off being a doctor you're probably not a good hr manager because human resource happens at the shop floor and one of the things i realized that i needed to do when i joined as a management trainee is to break that image which i was carrying in my mind and why i'm narrating the story is this can be one of the fallacies of the newbies who join organizations straight from b schools and e schools you know with a little chip on the shoulder with vanity written all around okay they would like to be sitting inside cubicle uh, cabins from day one being addressed as a manager and a sir but then if you don't rub your hands with grease paint and if you don't sort of hobnob with people at the grassroots level you will never earn the credibility that's going to take you miles in that journey 
Okay, people will look at you with distrust. People will look at you as somebody who's better off left in a comfort zone. They would not even approach you and you'd be a failure in your job as of human resource. So there I was from Delhi in a state like Orissa. Um, I was fluent in English. I was fluent in Hindi and my vernacular language, Bengali, but I didn't know Oriya. And, you know, obviously, when you go from Delhi, your ways of dressing, your ways of being, your ways of carrying yourself is very different. So when I would walk into the shop floor, you know, the workers and the supervisor would really size me up. And that, that was the first lesson I learned that get your thick skin on. Okay, because nobody wants to go. Nobody was going to do charity for you. Nobody wants to go to look at you and say, oh, here is this little girl. She's just come out of college. Let's give her a good time. Let's make her, you know, let's give her a honeymoon period and help her acclimatize herself. I was left to the big bad world and I had to establish my ability to move in that world on my own sense. The first thing I realized, Prashant, was that you had to learn the language. There is this question of son of the soil. A lot of people deride this concept of being son of the soil, but I think it's of great use because when you are in a country as diverse as India, okay, and when you are a professional who has aspirations to make it big, you can't say no to any of the learnings that comes on your way. So the first thing that hit me is I can't be speaking in English to a group of people who can't speak beyond Oriya. So the first thing I did was to speak the language. Frankly, I had very good club, you know, soulmates within my management training groups, okay, who actually coached and tutored me. And those were days, nights I used to take crash courses in Oriya. I picked up those little, you know, conversion books, English to Oriya, okay, and I used to not sleep at all. And in the morning, red-eyed, I'd walk into the factory, <laughs> but I would make my attempt to see Kemti Achanti so that, you know, they at least understand that here is somebody who's making that effort. You see, you don't have to be fluent. Nobody was asking you to be fluent, but they wanted to see genuineness. They wanted to see beyond your skin. They wanted to see beyond your dress. I know it might be, you know, sounding very archaic, but those were the days of 94, 95, which is mm -hmm. when I started my career. And those were, those were tough days, okay? Not as empowered and liberated as it is today, okay? That's when I started. I started going and sitting down with the factory workers in their pantry rather than have my lunch in the executive pantry, which was meant for management trainees. So we're wearing overalls. Okay, I started, I actually pleaded with my management to give me a set of overalls. I wore those overalls, walked into the MES, which is the mobile equipment shop, where these huge alumina, you know, ingots were being taken out. This huge machinery were all loaded, grease paint all around. And these factory workers would come out and unwind their tiffin boxes and they would eat, you know, whatever they could bring from home. And it was a great feeling when you walked up to them and said that, you know, I've only got this much, which was cooked by my maid in the morning. Would you like to share? Initially, very, very hesitant. Mm. Initially, it was almost looked at as a gimmick. But then you had to be persistent. You mm. had to work at it. Ultimately, mm. believe me, Prashant, uh, when I walked into that factory after about six months, I had a solid following behind me. I had a sea wave of blue overalls 
following me everywhere. I didn't have to do any scouting myself. I had to then start picking up the stories. Okay, tell me, how many times does your manager visit the fluff shop? Does he even have small group activities? Does he take communication classes with you? Does he listen to you? Where do you think the suggestion schemes are going? Are your suggestions even adhered to? You know, they were full of stories. So mm -hmm. much so that in one year's time, I, I, I can say with pride, with the help of those factory workers and the supervisors, we unearthed millions of dollars worth of equipment which were lying unused in a back junkyard, okay? By some folly, some management had asked for it, but the next management when they came didn't make use of it. So they were all lying there, okay? It was not even considered worth scrap value. But when we rehauled the whole thing and the current management actually decided to look at it objectively, there were savings worth millions. And there were a group of factory workers who were actually rewarded with 10% of the total cost. So that was an example that was set for the first time. Wow. And those were the kind of thoughts. So thought leadership is something which is not incumbent to you having salt and pepper hair. It's, yeah. it's something which I'd like to suggest everybody, whether you're a management trainee, you're a first time manager, a mid-level manager, or whichever position you're at, thought leadership can always be practiced. Okay, mm -hmm. maybe in the initial stages, you don't have the opportunity to sit through board meetings or mm -hmm. large meetings where cross section of leaders are there, but you can use your team, you can use your boss, you as long as you are doing it in a non threatening manner, and you take people along, and you make it seem like a teamwork, you will get your opportunity to finally present your thought. And mm -hmm. once you make that mark, your leadership journey starts in true strength, because everything else left aside, everybody has definite reverence and respect for intellectual acumen hmm. you can't pull a you can't pull a wool on somebody's eye on that level you know pretense can go only as far but when it comes to your knowledge and your application science and your execution ability pretense doesn't go too far so as long as you're honing those skills of yours you are genuine to the cause you're honestly looking at people problems which is what hr is all about and mm -hmm. you're there at the right time making the right suggestions you will find your time and you will start building on it so those are things which come in very handy at the initial stages of leadership of course there may, are may I, may I interrupt is, it, is that all right? yeah 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 absolutely so uh, just just to make sure that you know i'm getting it right and you know uh, we are able to get that capsuled learning from what you shared uh, from what i heard this is what i could understand in a gist is that as a first time leader uh, as a first time employee or as a first time management positional uh, employee in an organization it becomes very vital that instead of you going out there and showing what you're capable of, displaying who you are, what experience, what baggage, what educational qualifications you carry and feel entitled to a certain kind of respect, feel entitled to a certain kind of communication coming your way, feeling entitled to a certain kind of behavior, which will backfire. It is best to leave that aside. Are those your strengths? Yes. Do they bring in an element of value to the organization, to the people? Yes. But when you're new to a certain role, especially as a first time leader or new to an organization, what I heard you say was first try to understand what is happening in that organization. Now, yeah. in your case, be it even the state, be it was Orissa, right? So the whole idea, if you look at it just as a concept is that whenever you are in a new space, be it a state, be it an organization, be it a city, instead of making a change, instead of boasting about what you bring in and you try to push any changes, 
understand what is happening there it yeah. could be language it could be culture it could be people first get that in you know become a part of what is already happening there observe that you don't have to necessarily take action on something you don't believe in but observe what is happening get along with people become a part of what is happening there and then slowly and steadily people will start opening up to you they will start connecting with you and you will get to know what is happening like how you said there were machines that are put out there for millions right and that were just been lying there if the communication had not happened if the conversations had not happened people wouldn't have opened up about it and that would they would have remained there right and such a big loss for the organization so in a gist what i think you you were trying to say is that you need to earn the right to be a leader even as a first time leader Absolutely. any baggage that you are carrying from your past of experience or education leave it aside go and connect with people as people first get people along communicate with them understand with them become a part of them is when they will follow you and you would have earned that right to be a leader even if that's the first time leadership is that right absolutely fantastic beautifully put together uh, the only thing that remains to be added here is at any point of time especially when you're trying to hit the mark in the initial days you have to be a bundle of energy grit tenacity sometimes you have to actually swallow you know some of the insults okay mm -hmm. and wait for your time to really turn it around you need to have resilience more than anything else so resilience is not something which is today resilience is something which is applicable to you right from day one when you get mm -hmm. out into the big bad world because you don't know what you're going to be encountering therefore it's important for you to have those qualities built in right from start and one of the things that you need to be keep in mind is if at the start you remain too aggressive you go too aggressive or you remain too passive there are mm. problems both ways if you go too aggressive you will be looked at as something somebody who's like a bull in a china shop okay mm. people would get unnerved they will not feel comfortable approaching you and that can kill the efficiency of an hr person i'm only mm. talking in terms of hr efficiency here and if you remain too passive people will walk over you people will mm -hmm. never give you the due share because you will keep waiting for that one beautiful chance when you know somebody will be there to hear your voice but you will actually have to create those opportunities for yourself so my mm -hmm. whole point of saying learn the language be there when it matters be a part of the conversation that the general man on the workshop is actually going through the moment you can be a part of their conversation you've earned the right to be amongst them that's okay. the time when your journey really starts because you will be looked at as somebody who can equally contribute to the conversation and that's when you can start making your points felt wonderful devi so for everyone out there who is aspiring to be a leader and would be the first time leader or is already at a front line at a first line of leadership important to understand that don't be aggressive don't be passive try to be assertive try to be communicative with your people connect with your people try to understand what's happening around only when you take people along with you is when you will be able to move forward with them otherwise you would fail as a leader and they will fail as your employees yeah. as your team members yeah great so moving on uh, debi you know uh, your first time leadership you know when you became a first time leader i understand that you know the journey wasn't easy you mentioned grit you mentioned resilience that's the journey that you had to go through now as you transitioned and moved along and came the time for you to move to the next level of leadership how was that transition you know what was happening then and you know how was that journey you know this transition manager which is really moving from the junior to the mid levels and then from mm -hmm. the mid levels to the senior this is what the transition manager is what i call them these are typical cases of situational leadership 
okay mm -hmm. and this is something which you earn as you actually work the hierarchy in organizations because first time uh, first time is what you earn by your own ways okay you're hitting mm -hmm. it sometimes you win it sometimes you lose it but nevertheless you learn in the process but then what happens is you start observing around you you start looking at the culture you start looking at how does leadership work in the organization is it only top down leadership or is there an opportunity even for a voice from the bottom to reach to the top what are the kind of systems and processes it is is it participative management or is it only empowered to the extent of a few cliques and cxo groups who have the ability to voice concerns but for the rest of the people it's only a a, a point of follow the direction so once you you know the mid manager piece is a very crucial piece because this is what you observe and you therefore start building on your capabilities in the way that you want to be known as now do i want to be known as a champion of people do i want to be known as a balancer do i want to be so these are all the different kinds of roles that hr managers or hr mm -hmm. leadership can can be talked about so am i looked at as somebody who plays it safe or am i looked at somebody who will take a risk and you know probably go out there and take a position for somebody else who can't do it for themselves so mm -hmm. there are different traits that you observe in the organization and looking at how the organization actually um, uh, accepts those different traits you start building on your own leadership skills so mm -hmm. for for instance my mid manager levels were primarily spent in one organization called bharti telecom okay, okay. which was which at that point of time was really not the telecom king or the giant that we know them as okay mm -hmm. uh, 1996 when i joined them i was the first member of the corporate hr and i was oh. actually interviewed by mr sunil mittal because wow. you know he just wanted to make sure that uh, things don't go wrong they had just signed up on the first commercial airtel license for delhi mobile telephony had just not been launched even then just the the license had been signed mm -hmm. uh, it you know bharti was known as a typically traditional old old family kind of an organization they were mm -hmm. they were basically into telephone manufacturing or healthcare manufacturing capsule manufacturing mm -hmm. so this was the first time they were getting service orientation and they were actually joining up with world leaders like telecom italia deutsche telecom british telecom and the organization needed to completely recalibrate itself so then they started hiring professionals from the market and professionals who were empowered to actually exercise their learning to actually experiment with things that let me tell you prashant many stable state organizations would probably not have allowed but those five i spent 10 years with bharti of those 10 years my first 6 years were the absolutely fundamental years that i will not exchange for anything because i mean to the extent that crosslegged we were sitting in the corporate office lights would be out sometimes okay we would be studying manuals and gadgets on you know on on manpower formulations on manpower thumb rules and stuff like that in candlelight because the madhya pradesh landline telephony was also something which was going to be launched for the first time so luckily bharti had a lot of firsts it was the first mantra online isp provider it was the first vsat service it was the first mobile telephony it was the first landline telephony you name it and they were the pioneers 
And once they established themselves, then they started this very aggressive journey of not only being a North Indian player, but a player who wanted to be, you know, have a footstep all across the country. So there were a lot of mergers and acquisitions. They were gobbling up the different players in the States. So today that we were eating up JD Mobile, next day we were doing Skycell, third day we were doing Spice. So it was a journey like never before. And because I was in the corporate office, I was absolutely humbled enough to have had the opportunity to play a massive role in most of it. So much so that at the end of it, when the ESOP scheme was launched, because of my performance, I was the highest performer in the ninth grade. And the number of ESOPs I got was double the ESOPs that my director personnel got. Wow. Okay. Wow. So wow. that was a time when you performed and you were rewarded in true sense. So it was the most eclectic and fundamental period of any individual's lifetime, especially the mid-managerial life, where at least I had the opportunity to experiment, learn from mistakes, again, you know, go ahead. There were nobody telling me not to try, okay? But yes, there were certain boundaries that needed to be adhered to, but there was a lot of empowerment. And that was that, that you know, that sense of empowerment can actually give you tremendous ability and courage to sort of hone your leadership skill. Because I never, ever learned to say no, number one. I never, ever learned to say, this cannot be done. Mm. See, those kind of statements were not admissible in Bharti at that time. If you said something like that, you were in the wrong place. Mm. It's not as if, you know, uh, things were that simple. But then your attitude and your ability to confront the challenges had to be uppermost. And that had to be a visible, uh, you know, a visible competence at that point of time, given mm. the fact that Bharti was charting such an ambitious um, growth path for itself. So it mm. needed the kind of competence and human resource who also would scale up to take on those added responsibilities. Mm. So middle management level is a fantastic study of what an organization is all about. You study it first, you understand situational leadership. How are the leaders in your organization really working? What are the kinds of leadership that are actually honed and re rewarded? How do they expect? What is the expectation of the organization at the end of the day? Very important to size that. And only after that can you actually recalibrate your strategy to say, I would like to be there for this kind of a leader. Wow. Wow. Well said. Well said, Devjani. Now, these thoughts that you are gathering, you know, they're so amazing. Uh, the journey that, you know, the respect for you is going to a very different level because of the journey that you've had, right? It must uh, just listening to it for a few minutes. You know, you go through certain emotions of what you would have gone through to set it up. And we're talking 20, 25 years back, you know, when, when all this was just starting, nobody knew it. So right now there are point of references for people, but that time you didn't even have point of references. So you had yeah. to create things from scratch. That would have been amazing. Now, one thing that, you know, focusing on the first time leadership and the transition to middle level management, what we I gather from our conversation is that as a first time leader, you're new to leadership, which means uh, you're more attached to that position because you've gotten it for the very first time. Right. So yeah. there is a confusion of, you know, what to do with it. You're also fighting an inner battle. You know that yesterday yeah. I was not one, but today I am one. So I have a designation attached. So I have to be a certain way. I have to act a certain way. So all that confusion is running in the mind. And you said that uh, leave all that, let that turmoil be inside you. But first try to connect with your people. First try to understand what is happening around. Because if you take people along, if you earn their respect, if you earn their belonging with you, is when they will look up to you as a leader and the journey will be smoother to take them forward. right? And that is where the authority can be used at times where the decisions have to be made. 
Yes. Now, then you spoke about the middle level management where you said that, you know, your transition was into a journey which was not easy. You had a huge challenge coming your way. You made a very interesting statement where you said that if you had to actually know the pulse of an organization, middle level management is the right uh, thing to study, you know, to understand that zone, what is happening there. So it's like the heart of the organization, you know, it yes. decides how much blood, blood is getting pumped into the organization, how much blood is going where. Now, one thought that bothers, I wouldn't say uh, maybe bother is not the right word. But one thought that comes into my mind is that the biggest transition that I see is uh, when you move from a first time leader to a middle level manager, you, you kind of move paths towards the strategic management more compared to tactical management. So it moves, moves toward, more towards the strategic thing. And another thing that happens interestingly is that a few years back, you got into a first time leadership position where you had employees reporting to you. Now, as a middle level manager, you have leaders reporting to you, right? Yeah. It's the first time that you will have some leaders reporting to you. So how is that experience? You know, can you share something on those lines? You know, how is it different from being a first time leader to being leader of leaders? So that's, uh, th that's again, a very fantastic, um, uh, you know, um, context that you've laid out. Uh, the movement from the first time leader to a mid manager and then to a transitioning to the senior levels, um, they bring with them two basic changes in uh, approach. One, as you rightly said, the tactical part of the job goes down. So you're no longer into operational nitty gritties every day, but it starts assuming a more strategic level. Okay, mm. it starts assuming a more thought leadership level where mm. you are expected to contribute as much to what should be happening in the next three to five years than just talk about what can happen in the rest of the year. Okay, mm. of the current year. So mm. obviously the whole uh, level of conversation and the whole level of your expected execution ability changes. The second mm. important thing is while you are at the junior levels, you're working still a lot with processes, systems, this, that, putting the entire fabric and the DNA in place, okay, mm. which is stitching up the entire factory space, as we call it, making mm. sure that the nuts and bolts are all well placed so that beyond the point, the whole thing starts working like a well-oiled machinery. Mm. Recruitment should happen the way it is. The processes mm. should take care of themselves. Even mm. if there was no AI and machine learning at that time, we had junior people who used to eliminate a lot of people by virtue of their intellectual acumen as to who fits in and who doesn't looking at the job descriptions. Mm. So there was efficiency even then, except that it was human efficiency. It was not the machine time yet, okay? But the more you move into the paradigm of higher echelons, especially the mid-management, your man-managing ability, and that's where you made that very pertinent point, that you suddenly become a leader of leaders. You're not just a leader of people. You're becoming a leader of leaders. Your man-management capability comes under scrutiny for the first time. And the lessons, however, of knowing how to teach every member of your team whether it's a just just a normal person or whether it's a leader starts quite early in life see one of the things that i told you leadership is not something which you claim by right leadership is hard earned leadership according to me is to be first among is not to be first among equals you have to be one among equals you you can't be calling yourself a leader you have to allow the rest of the people around you to look at you and say I like that as my leader. That's what I want in my leader. That's who I feel comfortable around my leader. So when such things are uh, you know spoken, you are doing the right thing. So one of the one of one of the greatest aspects of this learning is that suddenly from an individual contributor, you become a team manager. So the first 
you know, friction happens there. Because till yesterday, you were being looked at as a bum chum of the rest of the team. But suddenly mm. they had to look at you as somebody from whom they had to take decisions. They had to take directions. So you needed to make sure that when you gave those directions and decisions, it was not didactic. It was not patronizing. It had to come across as participative. So even mm. if the direction was yours, you had to say, look, guys, this is how I feel. Is this also something that you're OK with? Or is there another point of view? Let's hear it. So the number of brainstorming sessions, the number of small group activities, the number of even a conversation over a cup of coffee, okay, at the mm -hmm. vending machine would help you in realizing how to take different people along because every mm -hmm. member would be different from each other. So you had to have a mental map of what makes every member tick. Okay. Mm -hmm. That's the first thing that you learn to do in HR. How do you create mental maps around the human processes? Okay. And when I say human process, it's the brain. How are you doing mm -hmm. that map? Mm -hmm. Second time, when you now suddenly have leaders who've been there and they could have been leaders by virtue of being elder to you or earlier to you or mm -hmm. actually subject matter experts who probably know more than you. It could happen either way. Okay. Mm -hmm. The first thing we should learn to do, Prashant, is to give them their due. Okay. I may be a leader today and I may be in a position today senior to them by rank because of some good things that I did. And so mm. the organization recognized that I probably have the bandwidth, the capability within me to take things a little forward than the incumbents who were already there. Now, that's an organizational decision. But do mm. I have to capitalize on that? Yes. Just by giving a directive, I don't become a leader of leaders tomorrow. I have to earn the respect of those leader of leaders. That is done two ways. Wait for an opportunity to showcase your strength, number one. Wait for that opportunity to showcase your strength. Don't go voicing it all the time. Because if you keep voicing it and if you keep pinning things your way all the time, it will be seen as somebody who's too, who's trying too hard to prove herself, okay, yeah. rather than it come naturally. So wait for that opportunity for you to make the, make the mark. Second, give the person the due. Because even if you give the credit to the other person, he's anyway been there as a senior. OK, but you have the rank senior to him today. So nobody can take that away from you. So if you extend an empathy, if you extend that level of you know, camaraderie to say we are in this together and I'm going to be looking at you for direction and for all possible support at many occasions. And I hope you're fine with it. If you can give that assurance to that senior person, both will start doing the trick. That senior person will realize she's or she or he is not out there to cut my limbs number one okay number two she has the intellectual acumen the ability to take teams along to be able to master the craft of doing strategy beyond her years which is why she has been put over me mm. so once that realization comes about because of these two things that you have to keep balancing mm -hmm. that's when you actually start becoming successful as a leader of leaders mm -hmm. It's a very wow. difficult task. Continues to be a challenge even today, despite yeah. number of bestsellers in the market and mm. number of speakers on TEDx telling us how to do things. True, very true. You know, and uh, what I what I get and you know the insight that I picked up from the conversation was that uh, some things which we spoke about earlier, you know, the foundational elements remain same because you're still dealing with people, right? You're still dealing with emotional beings. Just because you have mood levels does not mean the emotions have changed, right? Oh, no. A person who is a team leader does not feel sad anymore. Once you are a middle level manager, you don't feel angry anymore. 
that's not how it works right no. so you have to understand that at every level that you grow the emotions still remain intact and as a middle level manager as you rightly said what you have to be more aware of is that you have leaders reporting to you so these are people who are making decisions and have teams reporting to you so the the nature of or the requirement or the need of collaboration and mutual respect becomes much higher where you can't be commanding in making decisions and asking or ordering them to follow you have to earn their respect and their belonging by having the conversation of collaboration with them saying that you know we are in this together i might be at a position to make certain decisions having said that does not mean i have to decide everything we will decide it together we'll talk about different perspectives i will be the one signing off on the decision but many a times the decisions will actually come from you which i will respect yes. so yes. that that conversation is very important when you especially leading leaders and if you have people who are beyond your age and experience it becomes even more imperative to have such conversations yeah. because we like it or not we have to serve personal egos of everyone which is not a bad thing we all have our self esteem self respect right it's a healthy ego that we have that needs to be respected so you beautifully mentioned that you have to be aware of that fact as well that you are also treating that personal ego which is a very healthy ego very well so that the person is able to give the best to you and to those 10 15 people who are reporting to that person right it's it's an effect which will cascade so thank you for uh, bringing that up devjani this brings a clear differentiator and also tells us the commonalities you know that is beautiful now moving from middle level to senior level right now the game changes to a different level of strategy altogether right now now yeah. you are running an organization every decision yeah. you make is going to change the course the direction yeah. the organization moves so yeah. what what you know can you share one challenge that you have faced you know one top challenge that you think can help our audience relate to the most and how did you overcome it you know as a learning for everyone well uh, you know what uh, senior leadership is something which is very true to a personality okay it is it is it is an offshoot uh, or an outcome of years and years of different influences having gathered within you and 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 the way you've actually behaved around with people okay so no two leaders are very similar okay mm. now when i was growing up for instance couple of examples that i had which i used to hold very close to heart was let's say a rusi modi okay mm. today's generation may not even have heard of that guy but then my dream was to understand from close how he used to have his uh, you know his, his communication forums with his top management teams how he could differentiate between what's a strategy that is a long term what's a mid term what's a short term how could he take notes in such a small 30 minutes of interlude where he could pen down what could be the strategy for the tata group in in, in the next 3 uh, years i mean it requires vision beyond anything else so mm. honestly prashant the first caliber of a leader is to be able to think beyond years if you're only going to be thinking about what's happening today how much of an expenditure can i you know save today can i be a cost leader in the market you're not going anywhere let me tell mm. you okay you've still got to keep your eyes on that you've still got to keep your eyes on the operating profits on your cash flows on your profitability statement all of that but and, and believe you me this is a nature head speaking because when you become a nature head you're a business manager first hmm. so let's let's un, uh, 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 you know understand you are now not only talking to a nature manager or a nature head but you're talking to a business manager who happens to be a part of the steering committee of the cxo Mm. okay the ceo group has the c chro as much 
as the CFO, the CMO, the CIO, and everybody else. So you've got to take off your HR hat at times, and you've got to don the C, you know, the CXO hat at times. You've got to be equally pained when the organization is failing and its margins are debilitating, and you've got to actually rejoice when suddenly you signed up a brand campaign or suddenly you signed up a few clients around the corner, and it was like hallelujah, you were off on a on a on a, on a shoot. So. You've got to be breathing, living, and dreaming like a business manager first. That's mm -hmm. leadership, okay? Irrespective of what's your functional spe specialization, the moment you hit the top, that is something which is an absolute imperative. If you mm -hmm. only keep thinking about your own function and how far that can contribute, that's anyway a part of the game plan. That's mm -hmm. anyway part of your deliverable. My KRAs and my KPIs will obviously get measured as to what kind of HR strategy I actually coin, which will help get the business faster, which will help take the business forward. So that's anyway my deliverable. But can I think beyond that and possibly also give two separate suggestions to the rest of the CXO group, which is a more business suggestion, which has connotations on culture, which has connotations on structuring, which has connotations on people dynamics, so that together we actually define what has to be the roadmap for the next three to five years. So your ability to impress with your knowledge, with your execution skill, and first and foremost, in all humility, your being able to get the opinion and the acceptance of your peer group is a very critical skill for a senior leader. That's an important thing to keep in mind. Your acceptance by the peer group is uppermost. Sometimes the best of any functional manager, not just an HR manager, a best CFO or a best marketing head or a best HR manager fails just because the credibility and acceptance in the peer group is very low. Hmm. So that's a very critical point to look at. Second, it's good to be close to the top. Please hear me out. Good to be close to the top, but not that close. Okay, so that when people look at you, they think that, oh, you've suddenly become skewed and you are no longer talking for the organization. This is all the more important and critical for an HR head because you are supposed to be the balancer between a management emissary and a people champion. The day that people starts looking at you as a political human being, somebody who loves to be seen around the CEO, and mm -hmm. honestly, Prashant, it's easy for a CHRO and CFO to be the right hand and the left hand of the CEO. Yeah. These are the two major parts with whom the CEO rules the company. Everything else happens as a part of the deliverable. Okay, but without understanding what the people are bringing to the table and how the financials are looking up, the CEO can't go anywhere. So you are anyway in a powerful position. But then if you start politicking on top of that, that's which will kill your credibility overnight because people will start having or losing faith on you. And for an HR head, for an HR performance, trust and faith go hand in hand because those are the two underpinnings of credibility. And if you are not seen as somebody carrying credibility, you will never be able to be successful just on the basis of your theoretical knowledge or your ability to impress your peer groups because the people have left you on the ride and you are supposed to be their champion. There's no other functionary in the, co in the corporate who stands for people the way the HR head does. That is a, that is a cardinal principle for any HR head to become successful and we should not lose vision of it. So it's good to be close to the top, 
but not close enough for you to seem to be so entwined into the CXO group that you've lost the touch with the common man. Mm. That's a very, very critical thing. <clears throat> Third, empathy, compassion. Very, very important. Your suggestions, your solutions have to be customized on the basis of these two foundations. But at the same time, please tell those who are listening on the other side that you're not a goody-goody function. You are not somebody who can only be an agony aunt. If the, if the time comes, you can give it as much as you get it. You can mm. possibly give it even worse. So HR should not be looked at as, as a function which can be, you know, uh, walked over. It mm. is not a thankless job. It is not everybody's whipping boy. We are not everybody's whipping boy. We do the one of the toughest jobs in the organization. So for the leader to make these messages absolutely clear, to anybody who's hearing, including the board members, including the peer groups, and to people down below is very critical because everything that you do thereafter will depend on how convincingly you've been able to create this position for the HRA. Hmm. Very well said. Uh, there be very valid points that you brought forward, you know. I'm looking at the differentiation between the first time middle and senior management and you made it so clear and easy for us to understand. Now, just to quickly summarize what I got out of it, you know, the first and foremost, the point that you mentioned, which stuck in my head was that when you are a senior manager, you're responsible to take the organization on a certain course. You know, that's what your responsibilities and that is what your capability or expectation from you is. Now, having said that, you might just be leading a certain function of a business. So it's a very important thought for you to first align with that as a senior manager, I'm not just responsible for that function. That is a given that has to happen. That's not an option. You have to think as a business manager, you're not just leading that function. You're now part of that. You know, you're one of the captains that is leading the ship. So Absolutely. you can't just think about this part of the ship because the ship has to go together. The parts can't go around in different directions. That's a very valid point that you brought across. Second thing that you mentioned is acceptance. Acceptance for your peer group because the decisions are taken together. There are five, ten captains that are actually moving this ship forward. All ten have to go in the same direction. So it's important, important that you have the acceptance of your peer group so that they validate and they see you as a credible source. Number three, a very interesting point that you mentioned was it's good to be close to the top but not too close because you need to understand and be clear about your intention of, you know, what are you doing there? Why are you there? Uh, you are you're there for a certain purpose that you have and responsibility that you have for your people. There are a thousand, ten thousand, one million people who are actually working in your organization who are dependent on what course you take because their course will get deviated accordingly. Yes. So you have to be aware of that responsibility that be close to the top so that you can influence decisions so that you can participate in decisions and make sure that the organization is going in the right way. But don't be too close where you're becoming a right left hand dummy where you're actually not doing anything. You're just serving the purpose for yourself as an individual, but nothing for the people. Yes. And this brings me to the next point where you said the empathy is very important, that you need to be connected to your people. You need to be rooted to be connected to your people. And, you know, this entire thing that we spoke about, looking at yourself as a business head, acceptance of your peer group, being too close, but not too close. All of this, I think, you know, falls and brings you to that element of empathy, saying that you're doing all this right. The empathy will automatically happen. If you're doing all this, you're doing this because you are empathetic. Otherwise, you will not yes. be able to do these things. Right? Absolutely. Yes. So this is what yes. I could yes. pick up. Uh, anything you would like to add that I missed no, out? Uh, no. And the, the last but not the least, uh, keep that fire in the belly, uh, you know, kicking all the time. Because that's going to be the level where you will be challenged. 
your points mm. of view are actually going to be knocked over there are going to be differences of opinion and it's absolutely fine you have mm. to live with differences of opinion but what is important is how do you get that difference of opinion to a point where it doesn't become adversarial because you can't subsist in a system when you have adversaries that's where that point about acceptance from peer group comes in there will always be differences of opinion there will always be one of your colleagues who will say but deb don't you think we could we can also do it this way you know mm. i mean i remember i used to have a perennial tough fight with my cmo who used to always lobby about how much of marketing budget should be kept aside for advertising brand building and getting the right kind of models to actually become your brand ambassadors and my point was you go and do all of that but you will not get a good organization going till you give the right instruments to the people at the end of the performance year because mm. those were the two budgets that used to be the most keenly fought budgets in the board meeting is it going to be my kitty of performance management increments or is it going to be his apportionment of the marketing budget now there very rarely did we see eye to eye but then we conceded i said listen man you're a cmo and you've got some five heads of departments digital head marketing head campaign head supposing you were to make a difference between all the five of them and give them some five five percentage differences in terms of how much percent you can give them in, in terms of reward do you think they're going to be working with you tomorrow so you've got to find an equitable solution and believe you me whether you get a shilpa shetty or you get a sunil gavaskar or you get a mahindra singh dhoni as your brand ambassador nothing will cut ice with these five heads as long as you don't satisfy at the end of the day their penchant for reward because they worked hard for you so this is a reality which you have to live with so keep that fire in the belly kicking when you are at the top because you will have challenges you will have naysayers you will have different kind of people throwing different kinds of points of view at you and you've got to keep fighting for your point you can't give up that fight and sometimes it's also important that you learn the skill of letting the small battles be actually won by the other party so that you can finally win the war that's a skill a lot of hr people don't learn they want to win every battle it's humanly impossible to win every battle but you've got to do the cost benefit analysis you've got to do that little quick mental math to say i give it to him because i'm going to now get the bigger one out of him that's the way you'll have to keep ruling otherwise the chro can very easily get discounted you will get discounted both ways your peer group will look at somebody like you who's ineffectual on the other hand the people will look at you as somebody who's political so you you will lose it both ways so you this is one of the toughest jobs prashant in the industry today more than ever before because of the pandemic and everything because suddenly the moment for hr has arrived where even the workforce management how to take the next generation workforce ahead how to create the next generation organizations we are actually giving the prescriptions today we're actually mm. continuously rejigging the options so this is a tough call especially when you're there on the top wearing those dual hats uh, it has to be a run for the last mile otherwise you're never going to get there true and you know as you said keep that fire in your belly running and choose your battles uh, be aware of these two things and they they they're key at any level of leadership that you are at especially as you said hr is at the help today because you know you you hr has actually become business partners there are decisions that the hr is taking of how to take business forward and hr has never been so important for a business as it is today so the responsibility becomes much higher which means 
taking care of the aspects that we discussed today also becomes much higher because the chances of success and failure depend on you following these aspects or living these aspects as a leader or not so thank you debbie that was that was very interesting you know a couple of questions that have come our way let's see what they are um tamrasai selvi thank you uh, she says do you think real really things are changed with current generation they are asked advice to read and follow western authors always entrepreneurs like bill gates are quoted as successful role models don't we have true leaders to replicate and these concepts which you practice these value systems are not valid anymore respect so her her question is uh, interesting what do you have to say on this well ma'am i think uh, uh, you couldn't have made a more pertinent point uh, and i completely agree with you uh, we somehow are masters at aping the west nothing wrong in it we can always uh, borrow some best practices we always have and we will continue to do so but that doesn't mean that we do it at the cost of what we already have as a rich culture as a rich background of professionalism after all who can boast of a jrd tata who can boast of a jrd tata look at the vision of the man beyond his time i mentioned rusi modi as one of my idols okay today if i look at people around and we don't talk about them too much but then why don't we talk about dr mrs sudhamurthy when i listen to every time she comes on the screen and starting from parental advice to how you deal with workforce she has such common sense ground level strategies and little thoughts which she distributes to people with such ease if we were to just pick up some of those learnings we don't have to look east west north south we'll be happy where we are practicing those things but somehow quoting a dr mrs sudhamurthy is not does not seem to be fashionable okay mm. you understand that's probably ma'am what the problem with the current generation is so understanding arctic monkeys and their music is damn cool understanding who's an instagram influencer is very cool point is ma'am we also know that so at 52 years of age if i can talk about all this i am also very cool but at the end of the day that's not the definition of coolness your modern vision and your thought process needs to hinge on not only these western numbers and the western world it also has to emanate from the appreciation of your own culture your own values your own upbringing and the kind of role models that you have in hand because i truly believe we have no dearth of them you look at every quarter you have somebody popping up as the new idol in the place but yes as as you rightly said the problem with the generation is it is not seen deemed or seen as fashionable there is no buzz to it so as long as we also don't help in creating the buzz we will have to continue doing what we are doing which is aping the west in a big way well said devjani thank you so much for that uh, another question that comes to us from a linkedin user is uh, how do we relate to intuition in leadership you know as uh, he or she says that they they've read so many times that leaders are having very high level of intuitive consciousness how can we develop such qualities uh, which you mentioned now so absolutely i don't know if you heard me um, about 40 minutes back which is when prashant had asked me the a question from first time leader to you know middle management which is when i talked about the situational leadership bit and situational leadership helps hone your leadership qualities around these parameters you see many leaders especially in the hr primarily are looked at as people who are impulsive spontaneous intuitive uh, have a high level of sixth sense and gut feeling mm. 
Now, these are, however, I would differ and say that this is not just the preserve of the HR manager. It can be the preserve of every line manager. Because to me, every line manager who has a team to command, who has people following him, is an HR manager. Okay, we HR are only specialists in doing and executing probably solutions to business, but we don't run the business. At the end of the day, the line managers run the business and they are the best HR managers. When when you talk about intuitive leadership and intuitive consciousness, you're very correct. To be able to listen to people is a great platform on which this intuitive consciousness is built. Half your communication, uh, you know, I, I mean, it's a very passe, cliched joke, but I think it has great relevance. God has given us two ears and one mouth. But what we do with that one mouth is 10 times more than what we do with the two ears. What a hypocritical dichotomy. Okay. What we are expected to do is to really listen because listening takes not only gives you a fundamental insight into every person, what he or she is invested in, uh, but it also gives you a very different shade of dynamics in terms of people's thought processes. And that's the only way where you can practice intuitive consciousness. Because the more you will be exposed to differences of thinking patterns, differences of expressions, differences of way people react to situations, that is the way you will understand how to react to different situations yourself. And there, situational leadership becomes very, very critical. Uh, so yes, you're right. Intuitive leadership very very important it's part of authentic leadership also i consider that to be a very very genuine part of authentic leadership but yes it is not it is not common to everybody some are born with it some have to probably work a little more harder to become a little more intuitive than what they are uh, but there will always be scales of different difference between different leaders in terms of how far and how well they can stretch the concept Thank you. Thank you, Debbie, for that. Uh, that brings me to a couple of questions that I have in mind. Okay, So I know that, you know, your journey has been amazing. You shared it with us. And I think, you know, there is amazing value that the audience got in terms of, you know, the difference between the challenges of first, middle and senior level manage management and the responsibilities that come with it. And what are the things that you need to keep in mind and be aware of to be better at what you already do? All right. Now, in this journey that you've had, which sounds amazing, I'm sure that have been elements of fun. You also had have had some lighter moments in your journey of 2025 years. So a couple of questions based on that is what I have in my mind. Now, this segment that I have here is called Have You Ever? So the question that I have for you, Debbie, is have you ever been in a meeting where you have no clue why you're there? Oh, so many times. <laughs> <laughs> so many times. And I've come out of the meeting also wondering what happened out there. <laughs> So there are two sides of it. Okay. Yeah, You're right yeah. when you said, have I been part of meetings where I had no clue? Suddenly somebody will come rushing and say, hey, damn man, there's this very heary duty meeting happening. You, how come you not? Just come along. And I'm, I'm, I'm like, listen, I've got work to do. Doesn't matter. This is a critical. I said, oh, a critical says who? Says the CEO or says, uh, you know, probably the owner of the company who's calling for the meeting. So you go and you realize that it's an agenda which you know, which is just there. Okay. It is either just a communication session. It is just information sharing, you know, created with so much hype that, uh, you know, it, it had to be positioned as something more to do with the 
person who's calling the meeting then possibly the content of the meeting okay mm -hmm. such meetings are generally like that and then when the meeting finishes you come out and you're like looking at that colleague and saying hey listen what, what what's your takeaway okay and the colleague is looking at you and say you, you tell me yours first and then you know what's <laughs> happening so plenty of times plenty of times all right all right now this is again something that you know as leaders we need to be aware of that you know if you're talking about it and we're having fun around it but it's happening a lot so especially in pandemic you know i've seen so many people suffering because of back to back meetings and not knowing why they are in those meetings so clarity of agenda of the meeting clarity of who needs to be in that meeting in terms of listening to what's happening or adding value back to you is very important right otherwise you're wasting their time energy and the organizational time money and energy so please be aware of that so uh, coming back to fun so Devjani, have you ever bunked work to watch a movie? Yes. You have. When was the last time you did that? So you know, um, this would be around, I think, seven, eight years back. Seven, All seven right. years back, almost. Right. Uh, right. And uh, I don't know if it. I don't know if you can call it a bunk. It was a Friday evening, and okay. uh, typically, typically we used to have, um, you know, a, a breakthrough session on every Friday evening where. Um, in that organization it was a swiss organization which was into travel and tourism and uh, we used to have every friday a good happy uh, breakthrough meeting where we would just get together the entire teams would get together discuss what happened during the course of the week okay sometimes over a glass of beer or sometimes over some uh, you know niche coffee so if there's a coffee parlor which is open close by we would hop across to that parlor so it had to be something which was a little niche a little unique and uh, about two hours. So it was like 4.30 on a Friday evening. You would typically take off for these meetings. And, uh, you know, you'd head home after that. And this was a part of the structured, um, you know, motivational activities and team activities that we used to take. But one fine day, one fine Friday. Um, and, I, and I also happen to remember the film because, uh, you know, uh, sometimes the film makes a lot of difference. Uh, to to you know what you were out there to achieve, um, it it was you'll be surprised. It was one of the Avengers films. Okay, the first one, one maybe probably seven years back. No, not the first. I think it was just the second. All right. Okay, just just the second, and because the first had created so much hype, and there was you know there was no love outpouring. I mean, in a sense, a crazy idol worship. Okay, either you were in love with the, you know, uh, the, the what was his name? Uh, Iron, Iron Man. Iron Man or Iron Captain Man. America um, or Thor for that matter. But you had, uh, or, or, you know, I mean, the Options. eye, black yeah, eye, black eye. Okay, yeah. you know, and the men loved uh, the other lady, the snake, you know, Catwoman, there's that. Iron so Man. everyone had their favorites and this one had just released and uh, people suddenly at the spur of the moment we were already into that coffee session and suddenly they said listen uh, it, it, nobody would know about it now it's not a question of nobody knowing about it there's a certain purpose for which that particular um, initiative generally used to take okay it never used to be very ritualistic but then there were always some takeaway points from those you know which the senior leaders would always look at but then this was like you know let's just do it let's just do it this one time so i still remember it was a 515 wala show and we just sort of slammed into it so if you can call that bunking office and going for a show yes i have done it 
I've done it. All right. So we'll call it like semi-bunking. It's not bunking, bunking, but all right. So we'll call it semi-bunking. Have you ever played a prank on anyone, Debbie, or have you been played a prank on? Both ways. Both ways. All right. Which one is interesting? If you would like to share. Well, I think uh, the prank which uh, uh, you know um, was played on me was a very, very high on on energy and uh, even the mischief value. You know, okay. which went to it. What which happened? Was a part of it. I don't don't tell me to narrate the gory <laughs> details, please. Uh, you know, it was it was massively embarrassing. Uh, not not that I wear it very heavy on my ego, or that I wear it. I take I took it very personally. Not that. It's just that it's really really embarrassing to narrate the details. Okay. All right. And we'll and, and yeah, and it came from people who you least expected it to come from. That was the worst part of it. Okay. So suddenly, people who who never really interacted with you so much, and you never really thought they were part of your inner, uh, you know, inner circle, as you always have in an organization. Uh, they pulled it off, man, and it was very, <laughs> very embarrassing. Okay, but good, but good fun. But, but good fun. Life, we'll talk about it. Yeah, good fun. Great. So a uh, couple of rapid fire thoughts. You know, I'll I'll just say a few words. Tell me what comes to your mind. Okay, you have to be really quick. So are you ready? Yeah. All right. Trust. Credibility. Compassion. Faith. Feedback. Necessary. Beach. Beach. Goa. Mountains. Fresh air. Life. Mixed bag. Your favorite song that you would like to dedicate to leaders. We don't Basing need no. Us. We don't need no education. Let's sing it, Davi. Two lines. Two lines. We don't need no education. Ding, 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 ding. We don't need no. Yes. That's it. <laughs> <laughs> Great. So on that thought to leaders that we don't need no education and we don't need no thought control. Uh, thank you so much, Debbie. It was a wonderful, wonderful conversation. A lot of takeaway that we had for all levels of leadership that we, as promised, we could do in this one, one hour, 15 minute session. But we will come back uh, possibly after a few more weeks and go into more details and understanding the specifics even deeper. But thank you for your time. Uh, thanks a lot. And there's a lot that we gained. Take care. Have a wonderful, wonderful day ahead. And I know you're traveling in the evening. So safe travels. And I'll talk to you soon. Thank you so much, Prashant. Absolute good fun to be on the show today. As I said, there's already something in the air. Um, I, I had my fill. I, I really loved talking. I hope the audiences also enjoyed our show. And more power to you, okay, from episode three onwards. Thank you so thank much. Thank you so much. Thank you, Debbie. And thank you so much, audience, for being patient and being on this show and adding value through your comments and questions. I hope we are able to add value to you and bring some insights of leadership to you. So with that promise, I'll see you in episode three next Saturday. So till then, remember that leadership is these small little things that matter the most. So thank you so much. Take care. See you next week. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. दिलों में तुम अपनी बेताबियां लेके चल रहे हो तो नजर में खाबों की बिजलियां लेके चल रहे हो तो हवा के झोंकों के जैसे आजाद रहना चाहिए 
तुम एक दरिया के जैसे लहरों में बहना सको हर एक लम्हे से तुम मिलो खोले अपनी बाहें हर एक पल एक नया समान देखिए जो अपनी आंखों में हैरानियां लेके चल रहे हो तुम सदा दिलों में तुम अपनी बेताबिया लेके